how much we are loved and beloved of the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved us, for God so loved you, for God so loved me, that he gave himself for us. And in giving us himself, we have the ability to experience love, unconditional love. I just want to thank God for you joining once more in Pursued by the Heart of God. We are continuing our segment on forgiveness. Last time we looked at forgiveness and introduced the topic, uh, made some comments on it as far as what is forgiveness. Why should we forgive? Because God forgives us and because it is a command of God. Forgiveness captures God's heart. Forgiveness brings us into a place where we are experiencing wellness in our minds, wellness in our bodies. We have the chance to get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, embroiling, and slander. And we have the ability to experience compassion and kindness. And not only that, but we also have the ability to release others, to forgive others as we forgive ourselves also. One of the hardest things that challenges us when we talk about forgiveness is self-forgiveness, being able to forgive yourself and not experience self-condemnation because our Lord Jesus Christ gave his life for us and gave us the opportunity to repent for our sins. So when we ask for forgiveness, the scripture tells us that God is faithful and just to forgive us. And not just forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness can be defined as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person, towards a group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve the forgiveness or not. And also keep in mind, forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Neither does it mean condoning or excusing an offense. You could experience forgiveness. You can be experiencing forgiveness, experiencing forgiveness, which means that you are the one that has done the harm. Or you could be extending forgiveness. In that case, you're the one that is releasing the person that has done the harm. We're going to be hearing a personal testimony today from someone that has been challenged with forgiveness in two ways. One way is forgiving herself from something that was done so many years ago. And the other challenge is forgiving a parent that was so involved in the decision-making of what she has done all those years ago that that troubles her even until today, that gives her um, um, a problem when it comes to being able to feel a release as far as forgiving herself for this thing that was done so many years ago. We're looking at a 50-year-old mother, um, divorced woman, that is going to tell her story, and I'm going to read her story to you. 
I am a 50-year-old divorced mother of five children. Only three of my children remain alive because two of my children are dead due to an abortion, a late-term abortion, and these were twins. At the age of 17, I found myself pregnant by my boyfriend. The same boyfriend also became my husband. At that time, I was hanging out with friends and sex seemed to be something that everybody was doing. So I started um, engaging in, the, in sex and I became pregnant. I started having feelings of nausea and not sure what to do because my parents never spoke to me about sex and getting pregnant, so I really wasn't sure. I didn't know what to do. I remember whenever my mom was cooking that I would feel nausea. And at one point she says to me, are you pregnant? After she said that, I felt fear that my worst fear had became a reality because for her to make that observation and plus everything that I was feeling, I came to the conclusion that I was pregnant. At this time, I had already missed uh, several menstrual cycle and I would have made me about eight weeks pregnant. I went to my boyfriend to tell him and he didn't really respond. He was showing no emotions or nothing. He just said, okay. Telling my mom was the hardest thing that I had to do. At that time, she had some health issues and I didn't want to do anything to burden her. Until today, I could still hear her words when I told her that I was pregnant. And those words plagued me years and years and years later. Her words were, I thought you were smarter than that. There was such disdain with those words. I felt like I was covered in filth. Then she says, now you have to figure out how to tell your father. I told my boyfriend that we have to go and tell my father, but he wasn't willing to do that and I was pretty much left alone. I felt confused. I felt abandoned and alone and not knowing what to do. My sisters found out and other family members found out that I was pregnant. I felt worthless. I said, how could I let this happen to me? My father found out when I was already three months pregnant. This was also the time of my final exams. And I did my exams with all of these things going on. When my father found out, he did not speak to me at all. And I was remember thinking to myself, who does that? Who does not speak? How could a parent not speak to their own child? He would only give messages to my mom. And he, he said, you must get rid of that. I could see the pain on my mom's face. And she knew, and I knew she was feeling the pressure from my father. I remember my boyfriend came and we met and we talked about it. And he wanted 
me to have an abortion and gave me $250 to do the procedure. I told him that I didn't want to do it. I didn't feel that it was the right thing to do at that time. But between the pressure of everyone, including my father, and not speaking to me, I just wanted to, do, to, get, to get it done with, so I agreed to the abortion. I was brought to a facility where the abortion was to be done. But when we got there and I was tested, the doctor realized that I was at 17 weeks and that was too far gone for them to do the abortion, so he refused to do it. My father, however, found another doctor at a, at a private hospital who specialized in late-term abortion, and he agreed to do the procedure. My father paid to get it done. I was brought to the hospital by my mom because my, my father still was not speaking to me. Her face was so sad and I could see the pain on her face. I felt that this was not something she wanted to do, but, the, but was pressured into doing it. I was to be at the hospital for several days. It was a private hospital. At the time, I did not know what the procedure would be like or I didn't know about anything like this. So I was very naive to the fact that because of the late-term abortion, I would have to actually give birth to the baby. I was given something to drink and I, start, and I started feeling a lot of activities in my stomach, a lot of movement. There was a lot of movement by the baby. At this time, I did not know that it was twins that I was carrying. I just thought it was just one baby. When I began to feel pain, they did not give me any painkillers or anything like that. I was awake and I was aware of everything that was going on. I was told to push. After a while, there was no movement at all from the baby. Everything became very still in my stomach. The, there was a midwife that was assigned to me to do the removal of the fetus. During the pushing, I could see, I could hear bones crushing. I saw at one point where the midwife, as she's trying to forcibly remove the fetus, she, the, the, a, a hand was broken off the rest of the body, and it was, the rest of the body was forced out. When I saw the hand, I realized this was not tissue. This is a real person with real body parts. Because I was led to believe that there was just tissue. It's not a human. It's just, it's just some tissues. I heard the midwife say, there's another fetus. And I saw her hustling around as she, she tries to, to remove the second child. The second child was easier to come out because the first one had already made room. And therefore, when I see my baby, I saw a face, I see fingers, I see fingernails. This was not tissue. This is a real person. I was in the hospital for several days 
recovering, and then I was sent home. I was so angry. I was just angry with everybody. And my father still did not speak to me. Shortly after my mom's illness became worse, over a year later, she passed away from cancer. I keep feeling so guilty because I think that I drove her to her grave with what I did because I could see the pain on her face every time I saw her and I keep seeing the pain on her face. And so I blame myself for her death. All these years, all of these emotions have been covered up until one day about a year ago during an argument with my husband over a teenage, our, over our teenage daughter, he made a comment concerning the fact that my teenage daughter was going to end up doing something like I did all those years ago, and he was referring to the abortion. And I was thinking, how could he stand there and say that as if I was the only one when he was also a part of it? My anger mostly was directed towards my father. And there was a floodgate that opened to the guilt and the pain and the anger that I had kept hidden all these years. I still don't think, don't understand why I gave my husband a pass. I think maybe because we were so young. But my father, I was so angry with him. I knew that the abortion was wrong and that I needed to forgive myself and my father, but it was easier to hang on to the hatred than to deal with my past. It was too painful. I kept seeing my babies and thinking, these are real people, not tissues. For me to deal with forgiveness would mean I would have to relive the incident and I did not want to do that. I've been a born-again believer for most of my adult life, and this part of my life was never dealt with because of the pain, the shame, the anger, and the guilt. And that was a door that was too painful to open. I beat myself up, saying I should have known better. Not only that I felt guilt that I drove my mom to her death, I kept feeling that I should have known better. I kept praying and asking God to forgive me over and over again. I didn't think he forgave me when I asked him. I didn't think I even deserved or I was worth his forgiveness. After this incident with my husband and what he had said about my teenage daughter and everything started open up and I started feeling the weight of this whole situation that happened so many years ago. I went to my pastor for counseling and talked to him for the first time about the abortion. Just talking to him helped me to begin the process of healing and forgiving myself and also to begin to even look into forgiving my father. I was able to pray not just to ask the Lord to forgive me, but also to dedicate my babies and also to name them. After this, I'm thinking that 
I am I feel forgiveness, but I keep going back and forth like I'm not really forgiven. Until one day I heard a sermon at my church on forgiveness. This was the first time I realized that it came to me in a true form about forgiveness, that God has really forgiven me. It was, I had to keep saying it over and over again. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. God has forgiven me. I'm forgiven. I have not gotten to the point of forgiving my father yet. I've prayed about it, but I haven't had the strength to talk to him about it as yet. This is a story of someone that is experiencing self-condemnation, subjective guilt, having a hard time releasing someone that she feels has done her so wrong, a parent that she's thinking should have been protecting me, a father that should have been guiding me and helping me not to agree with me to murder two children, not just two children, but twins. Would have been his own grandchildren. And so this is a struggle that this mother has after all these years with self-condemnation and thinking how now she's going to be able to talk to her dad, her father, after all these years about something that is so painful. The God that we serve always have a way to help us to get to a place where we could experience healing when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to the self-condemnation that we feel. In Psalms 103, verse 10, it says, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. So he doesn't deal with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. The God that we serve, that we serve, there's such great love that he has towards us. Steadfast love. A love that keeps no record of wrong. In Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, now, right now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God. These are assurances that God give us. Philippians 3.13 But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. When we talk about self-condemnation and self-unforgiveness and the guilt and the regret and the remorse, the shame, the anger, the bitterness, the resentment, feelings of worthlessness and failure that comes, 
it is something that we now have to grab a hold to what God says. And if he says that he forgives us, then he forgives us. And he asks us now to receive his forgiveness and to let go of our past. Forget those things which are behind and reach for those things which are before. You know why? We all fall short of God's glory. There's none that does good all the time. So self-condemnation can drive us to a place where we do not receive forgiveness, even when God is saying to us, I forgive you, I love you, I want you to be whole. I want you to be healed. I don't want you to have regrets. I don't want you to have remorse. I don't want you to walk around with shame and guilt. I don't want you to walk around with anger and bitterness and resentment. I don't want you to feel worthless. I don't want you to feel like a failure. The Lord tells us that we are his treasured possession. So self-forgiveness is something that we struggle with because sometimes it is such a, a, a strong, like with, with this mother, for example, with um, the abortion, I find that when you talk about abortion, it's one of those things that even as a Christian, it's one of those things that it's very hard to talk about there seems to be a disdain that comes with it when it comes to being able to open up that part of yourself and begin to, to deal with what has happened because it is something that you do that is, seems that it is taking the life. And then it's, it's very difficult to even forgive yourself when you have taken a life because you know it is something that was done that was so wrong. But... The God that we serve is a God that loves us and knows that we fall short of his glory. You know, some, um, another mother was telling me recently, she had an abortion when she was also um, in her late teens. And she's a mother, of, um, a mother of like six children now. And she remembered recently an incident that happened where... She was listening to a radio program and they were talking about abortion and she said, she started saying to herself, oh my God, I'm a murderer. Oh my God, I'm a murderer. And she said she, feel, she felt this overwhelming feeling of guilt and, and just feeling the heaviness on the weight of what she has done all those years ago. That was 25 years ago that she had done an abortion. And now, 25 years later, she's feeling this overwhelming feeling of guilt and not even remembering that years ago she has received forgiveness because she had confessed what has happened and she felt forgiveness at the time and she can't understand why she's feeling this overwhelming guilt right now. Why is she feeling this way right now? 
And she said she felt that way for over two to three days. And she continues to pray and just begin to ask the Lord. And then she remembered, she had to go back in her mind and remember the time that she felt the release before. And she said she started feeling the release again and started telling herself again, just like the other mother earlier saying, the other story that I was telling you, that she's begin to repeat to herself that I am forgiven. I am forgiven. God has forgiven me. And she said uh, after a while a light bulb went off in her head and she, and she felt freedom. She felt relief that yes, I am truly forgiven. I'm here today to tell you that the God that gave his life for you and for me loves you. And yes, you have fallen short of his glory. Yes, I have fallen short of his glory. But his love is so strong. His love is so powerful. And his love will keep you. His love will give you the ability to go and do these very hard things, which for, for our, 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 our first mother, when she speak about the anger that she still feels towards her father, she'll be able, the love of God will help her to be able to come to a reconciling place where she could feel peace because of what had happened so many years ago. So I want to thank God for you listening. And I thank God for the sharing today and being able to talk about this situation. We're going to be having some more testimonies as we continue on with forgiveness. It is a very powerful um, thing that happened to us being able to experience forgiveness and be able to give forgiveness, to forgive others. So I want to thank God for you taking the time out today to hear the story of these mothers and the, the things that has happened in their past and how the effect of an abortion could really um, cause such feeling of, of self-condemnation and the, the remorse and the regret and the guilt and all of the bitterness and the anger and the regret that comes with those feelings, with those, those situations that, that happen. Father, I thank you right now. I pray, oh God, for all the women, oh God, that has abortion, that has aborted children or a child. Father, I bring them before you right now. And I ask you, Father, through your own divine power and grace that you will heal, oh God. That there's ones that are struggling with forgiving themselves, Father. I ask you right now through your divine power, through your divine love, oh God, that they will be able to release themselves, oh God, and experience your forgiveness. Experience your love, oh God, where you will heal their lives, Father, that you'll heal their relationships, oh God. Some have broken relationships, oh God, because of what has happened, oh God. But Father, I ask you through your own divine power and love that you will bring healing, that you will bring restoration, oh God. 
that there will not be feelings of self-condemnation because your word said there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So Father, there are some that is listening right now that are still experiencing self-condemnation. But Father, through your own divine grace and mercy, through your own divine love, O oh God, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that there will be a release, O oh God, a feeling, oh God, of wellness, a feeling of peace, oh God, a feeling, oh God, of acceptance, Father, in you, that they are accepted in you, Father, because your word tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. But you give us, oh God, a reconciling moment in Jesus Christ. Therefore, we could come boldly before your throne of grace and receive mercy and grace in our time of need. So, Father, I pray for everyone in the reach of my voice that is experiencing, oh God, self-condemnation due to not forgiving themselves of any act, oh God, that they have done or failed, something that they have failed to do, Father, that you will give them the ability to forgive and release themselves in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you and I bless you. I exalt and honor you. We ask, I ascribe to you all glory, all honor, all praise, and all thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his glorious countenance upon you and grant you peace. In Jesus' name, until next time, we will continue looking at forgiveness. May the Lord bless you and be with you.